Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. When were the... What school's... Who decides what the next... Where's that story? Why is they keep the loop? What is this? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions... About Chicago, the region, and its people. I'm reporter Ellen Mayer. There's a lot of talk about guns in Chicago. We talk about gun violence, and we talk about gun laws. But we don't talk a lot about gun sports. When the shooter isn't aiming at another human being, they're aiming for the center of a paper target. And that's exactly what this week's question is about. It comes from a guy named Bob Collar, who lives in Homewood in the south suburbs. I used to shoot small bar rifle. And there were ranges in the Chicago area within the city limits that I used to go to. I'm just wondering what happened to those ranges. Small bore rifle isn't just a kind of gun. It's also a competitive sport with teams and trophies and national rankings. And Bob says it used to happen all over Chicago. Kodak Labs had a range. University of Chicago had a range. There were two armories in Chicago that we shot at. Both of them were underground. Bob's question takes us back to a time when guns weren't so controversial. And you can tell just by looking at his own experience as a competitive shooter in the city. It was a chance for me as a male to be around other males of different generations, it, it's hard. It, it's hard for me to really explain that. I don't know bonding. I don't. I don't know what the fancy words are. But it, it was really good for me to be judged by my peers of different ages. As Bob got older, he had other priorities, like a wife and kids. So he stopped shooting for a while. By the time he got back into it in the '80s, his club had moved out to the suburbs. And he doesn't know what happened to the old ranges. So where did they go? Here's the quick answer. They've all been torn down. The building where Bob used to shoot is now just an empty lot. The University of Chicago tore down its old athletic complex in 1957. And the Chicago Armory was demolished in 1993 to make way for the Museum of Contemporary Art. But that's not really the whole answer. Old basketball courts get torn down, too. But generally, someone comes along to build a new one. And that's because there's still a lot of people who want to play basketball. Why not competitive rifle? Here's reason number one. The institutional support for rifle clubs in the city dried up. The rifle sport really took off in Chicago during World War I, thanks to Chicago's main power company, Commonwealth Edison. In 1918, ComEd sponsored a citywide rifle league in order to prepare civilians for combat. And the company built its own range right in the middle of downtown. At the time, the Chicago Tribune wrote, 
It has been called the most ideal range in the city. 75 feet long, properly lighted, and with nine separate ranges and targets, there is nothing to be desired. ComEd's league was a huge success, and other companies like People's Gas and Kodak, they signed up with clubs of their own. This was a time when Chicago really had a company town culture, especially in sports. Companies competed against each other in bowling leagues, basketball, and yes, rifle. But that whole culture dwindled when the city lost manufacturing jobs. Companies tightened their budgets, and they stopped supporting the industrial sports leagues. The second reason rifle sport declined? Changing cultural attitudes around guns, particularly in the hands of young people. Jerry Souter is the author of American Shooter, A Personal History of Gun Culture in the United States. Just like Bob, he grew up shooting in Chicago, just a decade earlier. Souter learned to shoot with his Boy Scout troop in 1953. He says rifle was a common sport for kids in the 50s. It was very popular. I mean, a kid a kid could get a 22 for Christmas. It was just like kids get, uh, get skates or a baseball glove or a mitt. But a rifle, that was really show that your parents respected your ability to uh, discipline yourself and the use of it. So what changed? Well, to tell you frankly, what, prob- what probably happened and what had, I'm almost certain happened was that uh, the NRA made a really hard turn to the right. The NRA's lurch to the right in the 1970s is well documented. What had been a sportsman's organization turned into a politicized lobbying group. Souter is an NRA member himself, but he says the cultural shift was alienating. They actually injected a certain amount of paranoia into the sport. They created a them-or-us attitude. And that soured many shooters. At the same time, gun violence was getting worse in Chicago and around the country. Chicago took a hard line on gun control. And Souter says parents didn't want their kids around guns, Period. Because the parents didn't want them to have their eyes shot out, or they feared the element that would come to these ranges or come to these gun stores. And that is a negative that uh, just really killed the sport. We couldn't find the last rifle range that operated in Chicago, but Souter is pointing to a cultural shift that undercut them. And today, there isn't a single range within the city limits where Bob can go to shoot his rifle. In 2010, the Daly administration orchestrated a citywide ban on shooting ranges. The next year, a federal judge struck down that ban, and now gun ranges are technically legal within city limits. But it's not easy to get one approved. The, the zoning mandates are it has to be an industrial three zone, um, and it needs to be more than 500 feet from any school, park, religious facility, or residential area, and that's the real kicker, and 1,000 feet from the nearest liquor store or pawn shop. This is Chris O'Connor. He's currently scouting locations for a flashy new shooting range and gun store that he plans to open in Chicago. He knows he's going to have to jump through a lot of hoops, but he also thinks there's a real need for a gun range within the city limits. Anyone that owns a gun will tell you they don't get enough time at the range. And in the city of Chicago, that's excruciating because you have to leave Chicago city limits to go to a gun range and practice to make sure that you're proficient and safe. Interestingly, Bob says he probably won't shoot at O'Connor's range, if it ever opens. Bob's looking for that old-style, small-bore rifle range vibe. O'Connor's place sounds like it would be fancier and more geared to handguns and personal defense. But Bob's still glad we reported this story. 
because he thinks it might show our listeners that there's another side to shooting a firearm. I think there's more people like me that truly love shooting because it's a sport. I'm just hoping there might be enough people with enough open-mindedness left that would look at the question and think that maybe it's not all bad. Reporting for this story came from me, Ellen Mayer. Support for Curious City comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. One last thing about this story. We know that rifle ranges disappeared from Chicago, but even our sources had a hard time nailing down exactly when the last one went dark. If you have suggestions or leads about that, we'd love to hear from you and update the story. Head to wbez.org slash Curious City. Curious City is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island has been following their curiosity and have been committed to brewing beers for Chicago that are celebrated worldwide by beer critics and beer lovers alike. More at gooseisland.com. We don't need to be the only beer you drink. We just want to be the best you drink. Next time on Curious City. I wake up in the morning, I see this nice sheet of ice on the river, and then come back a little bit, and there it is all broken up. Someone or something is breaking up ice on the Chicago River. But why? Ah, that's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they pay us to play with a big toy here. Chicago River Icebreakers. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you.